Would you turn with me to John 14, please, this morning? John 14. We've been on a series for some weeks now talking about the words of Jesus. The words of Jesus. And John 14, Jesus said, these are some of his words. Jesus said in verse 21, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Well, his words are important. And if we'll keep them, he said he would manifest himself to us. So we begin in this book of John, looking at his words, asking ourselves the question, do we realize who said this and what it means? Do we understand what he said to us? Are we doing what he said to us? So we're examining ourselves. So as we continue to read his words, are you with me already? We're going to show these words great respect. We respect these words. We're going to remember these words. Receive these words. And what else? Do them. Do them. Whatever he says to you, do it and you'll get miracles. John, the fourth chapter we got to. We were talking last week about his conversation with the woman at the well. You remember that? He said, go call your husband in verse 16. And she said, I don't have a husband. And we brought up this point. Why would he bring this up to her? You know, about all of her failures and all the problems she's had in her life up till now. He's not trying to embarrass her, is he? He didn't want to make her feel bad or condemn her. Because of these five failed relationships and whatever else happened in all of that. No. Well, why did he bring it up? This is very important, friends. Sometimes people have misapplied God's love into hiding things and not dealing with things. Love does cover a multitude of sins. But that's not talking about you covering your sins that's talking about me not broadcasting your sins you not broadcasting mine but when it comes to you and your sin covering it and hiding it is just one of the worst things you can do because you're going to stay in it and not get free from it Proverbs talks about this it says he that covers his sin won't prosper. But if you'll confess and forsake it, you'll have mercy. You got to deal with it. First John 1 9, anybody know it? If you'll confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. How does it begin? If you what? See, confess means disclose. Acknowledge. Admit. You got to deal with it. Why did Jesus bring this up? Because all this stuff in her past was between her and God. He didn't want her embarrassed. The Lord has no interest in you being condemned and feeling ashamed and feeling bad. And real people of God have no interest in it either. I don't care what you've done. 
I don't want you to go around condemned over it. I do want you to deal with it and get it fixed. Just pretending it didn't happen is not dealing with it. Hoping nobody finds out is not dealing with it. It's still between you and God. Are you with me now? Too many people have just covered stuff and hid stuff and tried to make out like it's dealt with. Let's just don't deal with it and that'll fix it. No, your sin and my sin cost Jesus a terrible price. He couldn't ignore it, could he? The Father couldn't ignore it. Jesus couldn't ignore it. He had to go to the cross. He had to pay the price. And we can't pay the price for it, and we can't fix what we've messed up. He already has, but he requires of us that we confess it, that we admit it, that we acknowledge it. And so she needed to deal with it. Why? Not to embarrass her, not to condemn her, not for her to feel bad, but for her to deal with it before him and open up her heart and quit. Because when you're hiding it, you got your heart shut off. You got yourself closed up. You got yourself shut off from the Lord. And yet it's so foolish because the Bible said all things are open and naked before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. You can cover all you like and you can't hide anything from him. He already sees it. He already knows it. So what should we do? We should come a running and lay it all out in front of him. That doesn't mean you got to tell everybody else all your business. But you better lay it out completely in front of him. And if he tells you to make something right with somebody else, you better do that too. And it'll mean humbling yourself. And I didn't say it was always easy. But of course you should have thought about that before you did it. (laughs) But if you'll humble yourself, those are the people who get grace. And who get mercy. And who get forgiven. And prosper. But when you choke yourself off and clam yourself up and hide and cover and try to pretend and be fake, you're in trouble. You're going to stay right there in your sin and misery. And you're not going to get free. See how this develops on down through the passage here. That's why Jesus, just a couple of verses later, he said this. Verse 23. The hour comes and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit. And how? That's from your heart. And in truth. No fakeness. No falseness. For the Father seeks such to worship Him. Are there other kinds? If He's seeking such, He's seeking this kind. Are there other kinds? What must they be? If they're not in spirit and they're not in truth, they must be in flesh and false. Some folks put on a good show. They comb their hair, they put on their church clothes. They say hallelujah. (laughs) But their heart's not right. And there's all kind of junk in their heart that's not been dealt with and not fixed and not right. The Lord looks not on the outward appearance like man does, but he looks right straight through into your heart, doesn't he? And if it's bothering you, he knew about it before you knew about it. If it's not right, he knows. He knows. No matter what you're saying and doing on the outside, he knows. 
Friend, there's just no room for us playing games. Is there? Let's just cut it out completely. Quit trying to impress people. Just quit. Don't try to impress people. Just be impressive. You may have to think about that one a little bit. But don't try to. Don't try to show anybody what you know or how spiritual you are. Don't. God knows. He already sees. Be open. She opened up her heart. Eventually she said, well, you know, I don't have a husband. She was still trying to dodge the issue. Right? I mean, she, she, what she said was technically correct, but she was still dodging the deal. And eventually, you know, she didn't argue with him and she, she opened up with him. You got to. I, how can I say this any better, Lord? I, there's been times that he has sent me to people to talk to them. And it kept me up a lot of the night before. And I knew what the problem was and I knew what the answer was. But I knew they'd have to open up before we could talk about it. I tried to bring it up a little bit here, you know, without just, you know, it doesn't matter what you see. The other person has to see. The Lord's not going to make people do anything. And if he won't make them, you shouldn't try. Or you'll miss God. And so I, without saying too much, I hung around and tried to see if I could bring something up where they might pick up on it and, and take it. And they just purposely would not. They didn't want me to know. They were embarrassed for me to know. Well, I already knew. <laughs> Let's go over that again real slow. <laughs> they wouldn't talk with me because they were embarrassed for me to know. But I already knew. So what was the point of being embarrassed and not talking? And all that happened is I couldn't talk to them about the answer because they wouldn't open up. They wouldn't talk. Now, this has happened too many times, not just with me, but with people all over the place. This is what Jesus was doing with this woman. He looked at her. She's had a hard life. A lot of things wrong in her life. But how many believe he loves her? She's looking at him. She's prejudiced against him. Assumes he's prejudiced against her. All kind of stuff going on there to hinder. But he loves her. I said he loves her. He loves her. Then why bring up all these failed marriages? That doesn't sound like love to some people. They're like, well, if you love me, you wouldn't bring all that up. No, listen, honey, you got to deal with it. You got to deal with it. You got to get it under the blood. You got to open up your heart. Get it right. Hiding stuff and pretending it didn't happen is not dealing with it. And you'll know when it's dealt with. I said, you'll know. You open up your heart before God, pour out your heart. He'll show you what to say and do, and you'll know if you're willing to do it or not. And if you are, and you give yourself to Him, and you make the commitment to Him, and you receive your forgiveness, glory to God. And when it really is dealt with, now you can go on. And you don't have to talk about it. But you're not just covering and hiding stuff. It was dealt with. Is that okay? He said the Father is seeking those to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Verse 24, God is a spirit. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Somebody say truth. Say it again, truth. One of the biggest things that hinders people getting help from God 
is being false, being fake, being phony. God has absolutely nothing to do with falseness. Nothing. The devil is the father of lying, isn't he? God is absolutely truth. Jesus said, I am the way. He's the life. He's the light. He's the truth. His word is called the word of truth. His spirit is called the spirit of truth. Somebody say truth. 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 I know you think I get started on it sometimes. You may think it's my little soapbox or something. When I get started talking about telling the truth and not being dishonest. But I'm telling you, it's not just me. It's your Lord. It's not just me. It's your Father. He absolutely hates a lie. And you should too. I didn't say hate liars. Hate lies. And absolutely refuse. I don't care if it costs you money. I don't care if it costs you a job. I don't care what it costs you. Do not lie. Somebody said don't lie. Don't lie. I mean tell it. Tell it. Tell it. If you did it, admit it. Face up. Believe in God for mercy. Believe in God for grace. I mean, if you hit the car and burnt the house down and ran the dog off, well, be a man. Be a woman. Step up. Who ran the dog off? (laughs) It was me. Who burnt the house down? Oh, God, it was me. And if you'll do it, God's already got grace coming on your behalf. But you start playing games and you start shifting responsibility. Well, so-and-so gave me the matches. And and I wouldn't even had any matches if they hadn't given them to me that day. And if so-and-so would have had the heat up like they're supposed to, I wouldn't have been trying to start that fire in the wrong place. You're stuck. You are stuck in your sin and condemnation and will not get free. You can stay there year after year. How do you get free? How do you get free? Confess. Confess it. What do you mean confess it? I did it. It was me. No excuse. Got to watch out about adding the buts. Well, yeah, maybe I, maybe I did some of that, you know. But, <laughs> but, your your heart's not right. You're still trying to blame somebody else. Who did it? I did. Why'd you do it? No excuse, sir. <laughs> then you qualify I'm telling you you qualify for grace God will look at you and smile and go I can do something with them I'm telling you give me a sinner any day that knows they're a sinner and will say so instead of some self-righteous excuse making Christian give me a man that'll look me in the eye and go yeah I cussed I got drunk (laughs) Yeah, I did it. I slapped them sideways. I'd do it again. <laughs> Instead of some self-righteous game player, did you hear me, that acted like the devil and will come give you three scriptures why it's okay, that they acted the way they did, that person's stuck in their sin. They are stuck. Their heart is closed. They can't receive. What do you do? Confess. Acknowledge it. Admit it. Confess it. 
Don't make excuses. And you'll get grace. You'll get mercy. You'll come out. You won't stay in it. You'll get free from even the condemnation of it and the shame of it. You'll come out. Somebody say praise God. And that's what's happening with her. She came out of this thing. She was, come on, can you imagine? She's out there at the well at the wrong time of day. Probably decent women, as they would say in the community, have nothing to do with her. She's an outcast. And so she's, you know, she's bitter. And she's got attitude. And when he talks to her, she throws back this racist stuff in his face. And then she's trying to dodge the bullet and when he's asking her a question. But how many know, you read the rest of the story, this woman becomes an evangelist. Just like that. She goes from being a woman of ill repute to being sister evangelist. (laughs) And goes back to her hometown and gets to preaching and announcing about who she met. And the Bible said a lot of people believed just because what she said. And then he came later and many more believed because of his own word. But what a change. How quickly did something happen in her? She was a hurt woman. She was closed up. She was closed off. She was hiding. But something happened to her. She opened up. She got forgiven. She got cleansed. Hallelujah. And she got used of the Lord. What if she would have tried to play games with Jesus? What if she would have covered herself up? She said, I don't know what you're talking about. Well. How could he have got through to her? She had to respond. And you can really see this right here. This is where this was a breakthrough came in her life. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah comes, which is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Why is she saying that? Because she's wondering, are you him? (laughs) She knew he spoke by revelation. She could see love in his eyes. She could tell he's not trying to condemn her and run her down. He's trying to help her. She could feel the love. She could see the light. She thought, and she already thinks, is this him? So she says, you know, uh, we know Messiah is coming. We know he's called the Christ. And when he comes, he'll tell us all things. Verse 26. Did you wear your shouting clothes this morning? Verse 26, Jesus said to her, I that speak to you am he. I'm he. Glory to God. This is the salvation of the planet. He is the one. He's the one. Everything's about him. Everything's about him. He is the one. This is reminiscent. You know, it says, I that speak to you am he, but actually he is in italics. (laughs) So basically he just said, I that speak to you am. Well, they've heard that before. I said, they've heard that before. (laughs) <laughs> when Moses standing at that burning bush that burnt but wouldn't burn up, and he said, who will I say that sent me? <laughs> when I show up in front of Pharaoh, 
He want to know, who told you to come up here? He said, uh, who do I say? What did he say? Out of the fire. Glory to God. Out of the fire came the words. I am. Mm-mm-mm. And here is, she's looking at a, a man with flesh and bone body. He said, I'm him. I'm he. I am. Glory to God. Somebody say, he's the one. Say it again. He's the one. You see this recurring through. Let's look at another verse or two on this. Go to, uh, I think it's the 12th chapter here. Well, actually the 8th chapter first. 8. That's it. John 8 and 24. Jesus said, I said therefore to you that you shall die in your sins. If you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. You've got to believe he's the one. There's no option. No other option. You've got to believe he's the one. John 13, 19. You don't have to turn there. But 13, 19. He said it again. He said, I'm telling you before it come to pass that when it does, you may believe that I am he. In John 18. Oh, turn over there. You need to see this one with your eyes. John 18. This is toward the end of his earthly mission. John 18. Verse 4, John 18, 4, well, verse 3, Judas received a band of men and officers from the chief priest and the Pharisees. He came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said to them, Whom seek ye? Who are you looking for? They answered him, We're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he, the King James says. I am he. I'm the one. Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. And soon then, as he had said to them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. (laughs) He is the one. He is the one. He said, we're looking for that Jesus. He said, I'm him. They all fell backwards. (laughs) Now how do you get back up off the ground and arrest a man like that? How do you do that? Say it out loud. He's the one. He's the one. So they asked him again. He asked them again. He said, I said, who are you seeking for? What are you doing laying on the ground? They said, how many think they said it a little more humbly this time? <laughs> uh, uh, Jesus? I think we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said, I told you that I am he. I'm him. I'm the one. We read in John 3, said, you must be born again. What is it? How do you get born again? What is it that causes you to be born again? First John tells it, and it's what we're talking about right now. Go over to First John 5. Oh, thank you, Lord. Say, he's the one. Say it again. He's the one. He's the one. First John 5. Whosoever. So who does this work for? 
Does this work for everybody of every tribe, every kindred, every nation? Male, female, educated, uneducated, young, old, rich, poor, whosoever. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God. Somebody say, that's me. Do you believe he's the one? He's the one. He's the one. Jesus, you're him. You're the one. We're not looking for anybody else. You're the one. Go back to John again. We'll close with this, I think. John 3.14. Jesus said, as Moses lifted up. Somebody said lifted up. Lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so must the Son of Man be what? Lifted up. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. We know John 3.16. God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. But back up. It started with verse 14 and 15. About lifting him up. We know people need to believe on him. But how are they going to hear? Believe if they haven't heard and hear if it hadn't been preached. If what hadn't been preached? I have a concern the more I grow and the further we go in this. I have a concern that a lot of people are getting distracted. They're preaching other things besides Jesus. They're preaching things that are politically correct. They're preaching things that are green. Did you hear me? They're preaching all kind of stuff, getting caught up and not realizing it, but they go months and talk about all this stuff and hardly say anything about Jesus. We ought to talk about faith. We ought to talk about prosperity. We ought to talk about healing. But friend, if not for Jesus, there wouldn't be any faith. There wouldn't be any healing. There wouldn't be any prosperity. It's all because of Him. He took our sins. He took our sicknesses. He became poor for us. Oh, yeah. So we got to keep him front and center. We got to talk about him all the time. We're talking about him teaching us how to lift him up, exalt him, talk about him, Jesus. He said, in fact, go to uh, John 12. 1232, I could quote it, but I want you to see it with your eyes. John 1232. You know it, you've heard it. What did he say? Jesus said, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. He didn't say a lot of the things that people are doing would draw men and women to him. Us getting rich won't draw men and, and women to Him. Prosperity is good. But that's not it. Us talking about, you know, end time events. Us talking about 
global warming, us talking about social issues, will not draw men and women to Him. What will draw men and women to Him? Lifting Him up. There was a twofold application. He was lifted up on the cross. He was lifted up and offered up as our sacrifice. That has been done. I said, that lifting has been done. Never needs to be done again. But there's another part of this lifting, isn't there? You look up the word, it means elevate. Elevate. Oh, yeah. It means elevate. It means to set up. Lift up, the scripture says. Oh, I'm believing God. I'm believing God. Don't you be surprised at all. We come in here next week and say, hey, God, show me how to lift him up some more. Here we go. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And people, they can think we're silly. They can think we're just religious. They can think we're just caught up. But I'm telling you, soon and very soon, he's going to come. The trump's going to sound. And he's going to come in the power of his angels and amazing light. And everybody's going to know. They should have been hollering Jesus too. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is Alpha. He is Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the Lamb of God who sits on the throne. Oh, hallelujah. Can you tell when we talk about him how the anointing comes up? It don't happen when I talk about you like that. It don't happen when I talk about me. (laughs) So we're just going to pretty much quit talking about you and me. (laughs) And we're going to talk about. Come on, help me out. Stand up on your feet. We're going to talk about Jesus. Oh, thank you. Lift up your hands. Praise Jesus this morning. Oh, we praise you. Master, we praise you. Lord, we exalt you. Lord, we lift you up. We magnify your holy name. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Praise the Lamb of God. Praise the Lord our Master, our Savior, Jesus. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.